Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Don't forget the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, Internet. Yeah, we back in the fact. Don't know you had a long day, but let's inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And it's loose on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo. Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the happy hour podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. Hello. Internets, my name is Johnny Womack. Of course, I got my main man, Deuce. There's white hair all over my mic. What's the, up with that? Is that the cat? It's a cat hair, yeah. <laughs> she's she's a, She gets on. I don't know. It, it's been a hot minute since we've been in the studio. Yeah. I feel like it's been forever since know. we've been in here. Yeah, we've yeah. Done a, you've done a lot of live events and yeah. stuff. And, yeah. uh, we've been doing, you know. Interviews uh, over at live events and Ink and Geeked and you know. Oh, we did some at my house. So we yeah, did, yeah, yeah, we did some at your house as well. Yeah, uh, Studio South yeah. as well. Uh, but we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We're a twice weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And back by popular demand is the Deuce Salute. Yes, sir. Oh, that's uh, been a minute. It's been a hot. That's minute. been a hot minute since we've yeah. done one of those. So yep. we were talking about that in the pre-show meeting. That we were. We haven't had one of those in a while. It's, so. it's been it's long been a, overdue. Long overdue for sure. Uh, and of course, uh, our episodes go on Tuesdays and Fridays, and um, we have a few awesome sponsors that we want to talk about real quick. Uh, yeah, the only one I've got on deck tonight, of course, uh, uh, Grove Roots. You know them. You love them. Go see them. They're yep. awesome. They are. Um, also, Michael Carey Art. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Carey, C-A-R-E-Y, A-R-T dot com. Um, and also Facebook.com forward slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Carey, C-A-R-E-Y dot art. Uh, check out his amazing art and prints. He also does commissions. He's working on my... A '90s X-Men cartoon painting for my house right now, which I'm super jazzed about. So you're gonna want to check him out. He's awesome. And uh, like I said, go check out our good friends at Grove Roots. They're downtown Winter Haven, and they're at GroveRoots.com. Awesome uh, local microbrewery that we love to death. Um, that's the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour, Johnny and Deuce. And uh, go check them out. And of course, Deuce, we love to have special guests with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And we have the amazingly talented. Reagan, Catherine, welcome to the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. We actually, uh, you know, Deuce and I are a huge proponent. We were talking about this in our uh, pre-show meeting. We're a huge proponent of cosplayers. We love the community. We love to see how it's grown. And we love to see all the different talents people have and the different fandoms they love. Because you, you literally are wearing your geekdom on your sleeves. You, you know, let that you know, nerd flag fly, so to speak. And it's really cool to see kind of where people come from and what things they love. And uh, you're, we, we're talking about this. We, we're, you know, we're based out of the Orlando, Florida area, but you're in California. Yes, I, so I'm real far from you guys. 
So that's cool. That I think you might be our first California cosplayer we've uh, interviewed, right? I think so. The only other people I can think that we've interviewed from California off the top of my head, besides some of the Revenge of the Ner- or King, King of the, of the Nerds, Nerds yeah. thank you, King of the Nerds cast members, is um, uh, the Library Bards. Uh, that's right. They're, 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 they're out of California, California. as well. That's Xander right. yeah. and Bonnie Gordon. Yeah, that's, and, that's and true. Those, yeah. those two cool cats. And yep. We'll do an album review for them at some point. Yeah, they had new We're album. the worst. Yeah. They sent, us a, <laughs> we, they sent us a copy of their album like a month and a half ago, and we've been so busy. We haven't had time to, to, to review it. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm thinking that's one of your chillings. Yeah. Well, you I'll, I'll take care of it. You yeah. take care of it. So while Johnny takes care of the chillins, uh, I'm going to ask you about how how is life different, I guess, in California than being all the way in Florida? Because I would think the con atmosphere has got to be different in a place that's that close to Hollywood and that close to the center of nerddom, which is San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, it's a little bit hard for me to say how different it is because I've never been to a convention in Florida before. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Very hard question <laughs> to ask you. Like, I've never been to Florida. That's so a loaded I've question. <laughs> yeah, fair, but fair enough. I know that California is a, a, a huge hub of um, nerd and geek culture. We have yeah. a con at least once a month. Um, and on July, I have a con every single weekend that I'm going to be going to. So I know it's it's huge, and it's all the time here. And it's basically where people from all over the United States come to see all their favorite things and hang out. Yeah, and I, I could definitely see that. And it's it's funny because Florida has gotten to the point where it's just like you said, like there's a con every weekend, and now that it's gotten like com- – <laughs> It's never bad in Florida. I don't want to make it sound like we've got horrible <laughs> winters. We're not Chicago or something, but like it's gotten to the time of year where it's con season and you can tell because it's like every other weekend I'm going to a gig for happy hour Johnny and Deuce because <laughs> it's it you know, the weather's nice, it's it's you know, beautiful outside, people want to go to these cons. So yeah, I mean we're doing the same thing, but I, I really think it actually brings us to a different question, and that is I think nerd culture as a whole has exploded to the point where now it doesn't matter what you're in, you know, Nebraska or Kansas or North Carolina or California or Florida, like nerd culture has been so accepted. They're the number one movies at the box office, you know, comic book sales are probably at one of their all time highs right now that nerd culture is back in a big, big way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's crazy to see it evolve and see it change from when, um, a lot of the people who are in the convention scene were younger, like they were ostracized and it wasn't cool. And now it's everywhere. Like all the time I get people messaging me from high school saying, wow, like you're so cool now. We love all your stuff. Like, and it's, it's so accepted and loved. And it's so nice to see that people are getting to enjoy their passions. Yeah. And it's funny because it, it's kind of like you said, like the people that were ostracized in the past now are like the hip kids. Like I get texts all the time from two or three of my friends that I'm real close with that aren't into comics as much as me. And they're like, so what's the deal with the Star Lord guy? Or like, what's the deal with Groot? Or like these characters, <laughs> like they're like, I know nothing about this character. Or what do you know? And I'm like, well, I can tell you that Groot first appeared in episode, you know, you know, in issue number 14 of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, I get to put on my 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 nerd glasses and, and, and go super nerd on people which is, is fun. But, yeah, I think the culture as a whole has exploded, and because of that, I think, like you said, I think be it California or be it here in Florida, I think there's cons all the time now, which is great for you guys as cosplayers and us for promotions as a podcast because you've got such more of a reach 
now promotion wise. No, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because for me, um, when I, my wife and I, we go to conventions, you know, a couple of times a year. We we you know we cosplay for fun, but you know, folks like you take it to a whole other level. Like, so I don't know if Deuce asked you this question yet because I had to step out real quick. Like, do you remember what the did you ask her what the first cosplay? Nope. What no. was like the first thing you consider as like a cosplay? Like that you're like, hey, this is my very first cosplay. So I've been cosplaying since last January, so about a year now. Um, and the very first convention I went to, I was invited by some people I had met at Disney, and they're like, hey, come to this con with us, and you have to like dress up. We're going to be cosplaying. And I was like, I don't, what? And so they kind of explained it to me, and I, they're like, okay, well, you pick things that you like, and you dress up as them. And I remember wanting to do something kind of unique. And this was right around the time that Force Awakens came out. And so I did a mashup of Rapunzel and Rey. So it was, I called it Ray Punzel because I'm a dork and I love puns. And so basically it was like Ray's outfit, but I changed it to Rapunzel's colors and I like painted her design on it from the Tangled movie and went to the convention with like my little BB-8 that was small and like painted the colors of Pascal. And that was probably the first thing that I would say was my first cosplay. That's awesome because like I I, I saw that you've done Rapunzel as well, like uh, different uh, variations, um, and I love the one that you have where uh, you've got like a—I was more like a, an Asian like uh, top—and then you've got like a like like a designs on your arm. Uh, whatever. Yeah, so that was my Jedi Rapunzel. Like I, I've done a lot of Star Wars crossovers, um, but that was my my Jedi Rapunzel. And so I had um, a pink lightsaber, and I had my um, her pattern like drawn onto my arm to kind of represent like a tattoo from her. And then we we actually had like a whole group of dis- different Disney princesses in Jedi outfits. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, because uh, it's interesting too because uh, Star Wars is really blown up again. You know, ever since pretty much Disney took over and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna you know re revamp the series." So what what is your relationship with Star Wars? Have you been a fan of for a long time? A newer thing, or how does that work with you? Um, I love Star Wars. It was um, one of my dad's favorites. And so I always watched it growing up. Um, growing up, I was actually a bigger Star Trek fan, which always gets me like shock because I haven't done a lot of Star Trek stuff. But um, I especially love Padme in the prequels, mm-hmm. and everyone like hates me on the prequels. But I like I remember growing up, I thought that she was so beautiful, and her dresses were so amazingly designed, and like she was just such like the strong character that I remember like relating to and loving. Well, and so now. Yeah, so she was uh, like Padme. I think was one of the first things that I cosplayed, also. Well, yeah, because that that was like a um, that was one of the things people took note when they saw the prequels was like how amazing the costume design was for everybody, for the Jedi's, for I mean, just even even something as as simple as you know the the cloaks and everything and what Qui Gon was wearing. Like they were just like, man, they really like they put a lot of time and effort into that. And like you you look at the. I don't know how many, 20, 30 dresses she's worn through the prequels. They were all different and amazing and eclectic and, and awesome. Yeah, they're insane. Like, trying to cosplay one of them, like, the attention to detail that you have to have is insane. And, like, I, I have so much respect for those costume designers because they really created these gorgeous um, pieces. You look at Disney, and I, I noticed that, you know, going through some of your photos, you love, like, Disney, like, because you, you, you've done Ariel, you've done Rapunzel. Like, do you have, like, a favorite uh, a favorite Disney movie? I know that's a tough question. 
Tangled is by far my favorite movie. Like, I used to watch that on my phone, like, in college while I was, like, walking to class. Like, I could probably quote the entire movie. I just, I, I connected with it a lot, and I loved it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great film, and it's one of the, if, for those at home who hasn't seen it, uh, it's it's one of those uh, new generation for uh, Disney doing the 3D, you know, the, the CG work and whatnot, because their last hand-drawn animated movie was The Prince, Princess and the Frog, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I loved Princess and the Frog too because I'm from Louisiana. No way. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, originally, I'm from Louisiana, and so I just moved out to California last year. And so there's so many jokes in Princess and the Frog. Like, there's one time like Ray is like, "Get out of town, y'all from Shreveport," and I think that's like the funniest thing that Disney has put in a movie. Well, I'm I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so yeah, me too. I ba went to um, LSU. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! <laughs> high five, yeah. <laughs> Air high five. You Louisiana animals are everywhere. Yep, <laughs> we are. Yeah, it's funny you say Louisiana just like we do. It's it's really hilarious. Like that that's that's really funny. The, the we were talking about the library bards earlier. Bonnie uh, Gordon, um, she's from Louisiana as well. And I'm like, oh my god! Every time we talk to someone, I'm meeting someone from Louisiana. From Louisiana, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But yeah, it's that's awesome. Go Tigers! That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. Hey, yeah. bonus points. That's yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah. That makes you happy. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've, I've been here for 20 years, I guess, you know, now I'm a Floridian, but or longer than that. Now I've been here for 20 plus years, but, uh, lo I love, I love, um, seeing what people come up with. And we mentioned in the pre-show meeting about San Diego Comic-Con. Now Deuce and I have never been. Have you ever had a chance to go? Yes, I got really lucky and I was able to go last year and it it's insane. It's the bigger than any other convention that I've been to and the, the amount of people there is staggering and like really like the the content that is there is insane also. Like I remember so we went and we stayed we ended up staying like 5 miles away and we would have to take a train in. And so it was it was my first time. I was like, "Okay, cool. Like I want to cosplay." So I wore this like huge um cinderella dress um that was designed by a designer called designer daddy it was a lot of um and it was a complete mistake like if you're going to cosplay at san diego comic-con wear something that is small because like i was like running into people like i had to stop every two seconds for photos and like the the bottom of the dress was like completely black by the end of the day and so it took me like three hours to clean and so it was super fun but it's like to wear something that big was really overwhelming because a lot of the people who go to san diego comic-con like it's the only convention they go to that's true so pro tip from you when you go to san diego comic-con make sure you wear something that's not wide and big and you know bump into people and they'll bump into you and whatnot yeah Definitely wear something contained. Like, I think I'm planning to do Tracer this year from Overwatch. And uh, so that I can just, like, run around and be fun. <laughs> yeah, I love I – I was going to ask you about Overwatch because you, you did this amazing uh, – was it Mercy cosplay? Yes. Tell me how that even comes – how do you even come up with something like that? Like, I, I mean, when you have an idea in your head, like, how does that work? So I've done a ton of different Mercy variants. Um, so I've done a, a Playboy Bunny version of Mercy. I've done um, a World of Warcraft inspired version. I've done her in like her doctor's coat and I've done her um, original skin from the game. She is my number one favorite character. Like I main Mercy, so I play her all the time. Um, and her armor that I just recently did was actually my first time ever trying to make armor. And it was really intense. So it was just a bunch of me like being like, I'm just going to try and figure this out. But I have these huge wings that like move and um, they light up 
and I have like my armor chest plate that took um it took about five days just to make the chest plate and then three days to sand it. Oh wow. That's... I sat in my backyard for three days just like sanding and listening to music. Wow, that's a lot of dedication. I mean that I mean how many hours do you think you put into the whole piece? I probably put in about three months work. Wow, damn. That's a lot of yeah, and the 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 gun that goes with it because Mercy's got that big staff too, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So she has her um, healing staff, which is what she uses to heal the people in the game, and she also has her um, gun. So I I have both, and they were both three D printed. Oh wow! Which was really cool. So one of my friends has a three D printer, and he helped me do that. And then like my staff spins, it was probably the biggest thing I've ever done. But like I really loved the character, and I wanted to do her justice. Well, that I mean, it's interesting too to talk about Overwatch because like Overwatch really blew up. I mean, that was a it was a game that people were like, "Hey, we, you know, look at Blizzard. They've done quality games." And and all of a sudden now it's like you can play this game on PC, you can play this on PS4, Xbox One. I think that's where they they knocked it out of the park because for me as a console guy, not a PC guy, being able to get the game day one like everybody else and play along. I think it was really cool. I really wish they would get their their S together and be able to do like cr- cross platform play, where PC yeah. could play with PS4 and PS4 could play with Xbox One. And the good thing is now we're, in my opinion, we're getting in that area where the game developers are like, we can do this now. This is on you know PS4, Xbox. Like we've got the power to make these servers work together. It's on you now to say, okay, and let us let everybody play together. But, like, you actually bought my copy of the game off of me yeah. um, because I had just stopped playing, and I was like, I'm not getting back to this anytime yeah. soon. So I sold it <laughs> to him. But, uh, I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, McCree. McCree was, like, my boy. But, of course, big redneck with a hat, come on. Like, <laughs> I, and, and a six-shooter, I mean, come on. What, what's the guy from Polk County going to play? Yeah. That guy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, I mean, I enjoyed it, and it's one of those things where – I think if it goes on sale sometime soon, I'll probably pick it back up because I've been kind of jonesing to play it again. So I think once it gets down to maybe like 20 or 30 bucks, I might do it. I just I have this weird feeling, and maybe you too, since you guys are like Overwatch players and, and know more than I do, I just have this weird feeling that like Overwatch 2 has got to be coming out sometime soon. Or am I way off base We might on hear that? something in E3 about it or, or an expansion or something. What do you think? Um, I feel like maybe an expansion. Like, to me, like, I don't know if you guys ever played League of Legends, um, but I feel like Overwatch is, like, Blizzard's League of Legends. So, like, I think that they're going to keep coming out with, like, new characters and, like, new, like, different story arcs and different maps and things that you can do. Well, I wonder, using that as, as, as the theory... Is like with us console people, are we gonna have to buy like a new disc? Because like remember the original game said Origin Edition. Like I'm wondering yeah. if we're gonna have to get whatever you know Sparkle Edition or whatever they decide to name the new one, and then buy a new disc. Because like with PC people, if there's an expansion, you pay the twenty bucks, you download. Are you a part of the PC Master Race? I'm a PC person. Yeah. I am terrible at console. So I'm definitely PC. So I got I live the good life. You do. You do live the good life. Us po- us <laughs> poros over here that are playing on like yeah. PS4s and Xbox Ones because we can't afford fancy computers. I don't even have a computer he in my own house. A computer. I don't even own a computer. So yeah, dude, I'm on like a computer forty hours a week, and when I get home. 
the last thing I want to look at is a computer. I the only time I do computer stuff at the house, I do it on my phone because like it's mostly like fantasy football or baseball or something like, or I might have to Google something. But like nine times out of ten, I can do everything I want on my phone. So I'm like, I'm not wasting all that money on a on a. Com- I don't need I don't need none of them computers. I don't need none of that. I I got that dial up modem at the house. You know, I don't need all that stuff. I'm running on four to six k over here. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, but it's really interesting because like Overwatch just blew up because like I remember my friend Marcus, uh, he's a big uh, f- uh, fan of the show and he's been yeah. on the show before. He loves Overwatch. He plays it like every single day, and he has it for PC. And he was telling me like just like how the community has just stayed alive. Like they they've really like grown and like there's all you know re- subreddits and all these different things. People talk oh, and then when they were trying to figure out who the new characters were, and right. they're like digging in the coat. Like yes. this shit got deep. Like I'm yeah. like, dude, you need to find something to do with your time, man. Like because they're like trying to figure out who the new characters were and stuff. But I just. I don't. There's a part of me that thinks maybe at E3 they're gonna say like not Overwatch two, but like Overwatch, whatever, and release yeah. a new edition just because for console folks, we're gonna need that. Like if you're PC, you could probably pay twenty bucks and then just download the expansion, you're good to go. But if you're uh like a PS4 or Xbox One person, you're probably gonna need. You a mean kind of like Destiny, what they're doing with Destiny? Kind of, yeah, using the Destiny model, which I'm okay with as long as if I buy. It's, Sparkle edition, they give me the origin too, so I don't have to buy two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's all in one box. I want, I so. want to see the sparkle edition. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. That was the first thing that came to <laughs> my mind. Was sparkle be edition. Yeah, that would be awesome. You know what I really love about Overwatch that that really like kept me playing was all the different um, Halloween and like all the different holiday events. Yeah. Yes, I love all. They have like. I, I think I was talking about it yesterday, but, like, they have almost a new event every month, so there's so many different skins, and I spend way too much money on loot boxes. <laughs> like, way too Like, when the Halloween skin came out and I saw that Mercy was a witch, I had to have it. And so, like, it was me and my brother, and um, we were just sitting there, and, like, he got the witch skin before me and would, like, send me pictures and be like, look, haha. And I got it the last day of the event, and I thought that I wasn't going to have it, and I was, like, panicking. But so, like, I was like, this is so smart because, like, this is just a skin on my computer, but I'm spending way too much money to try and get it because I needed it. In in all honesty, I think that's where they make their money because the thing that I thought was so smart with Blizzard is they're like, look, we'll give you the new characters for free. We'll give you the new maps for free, unlike Call of Duty that's charging me $15 a pop for five maps. Uh, You know, we'll give it to you for free, but we're going to keep all the good shit in these loot boxes and you're going to have, I mean, you earn loot boxes while you're playing, but if you're really, really trying to get something, you've got to spend money. And so it's like, okay, that's how they're going to get their money. Cause long term, what keeps these games going is if people are spending money on them, like, you know, like call of duty makes their money on the DLC. Like you're going to buy the game, but they get on the season passes and you buy the map packs. And then, to use Call of Duty as an example, they do the same shit. They sell, like, gun skins. I, I remember one of the big things they've done is they've done voice packs where you'll buy, like, Snoop Dogg, and then Snoop Dogg will be like, yo, player, it's time to start the game. Oh, that player got a mad kill. Like, <laughs> so, like, you hear that voice so often. I was like, for two bucks, I will pay that just to change it up and hear, like, Snoop Dogg. And they had Arlie Remy. The, the drill instructor yes. from Full Metal Jacket, yep. he did it. Yep. And that was awesome. He's like, you screwhead, you need to go get that kill. And, like, yeah. yelling at you and stuff. That's so, hilarious. like, I mean, they do the same thing, but I think Blizzard was smartest in, like, just have this loot feature built into the game 
we're going to get our money from people like wanting to buy loot boxes. So I'm the worst. You'll never get money from me. But it, but like yeah, but I could totally see that. Wait. Okay, I pay enough money for both of us. Oh, do you? There you go. So so <laughs> full disclosure, how much do you think you've spent the past month on Overwatch loot? Okay, just on the game or like like Overwatch and cosplay and everything. Oh, uh, like. just we'll just say just in game money, the money that you've given to Blizzard to get like loot boxes, like fifty bucks. Yeah. Oh, probably probably between like fifty and a hundred dollars. Damn. I spend so okay, but like the, the my biggest month was the Halloween. Yeah. Month because I wanted Witch Mercy, and then I really also liked her um, Year of the Rooster skin. Yeah, when they did the Chinese New Year, I think it was. I loved it. And then, like, I will, my my problem is, is I'll like other characters too. And, like, so, like, I never played D.Va, like, ever, because I'm I'm bad at tank. And so, but I still wanted her skin. Yeah. And so, I never play her, I'm never going to use it, but, like, I still needed it. Like, like, you need to get, it's that collector thing. Johnny's the worst at this, by the way, because he has got that collector gene. So, it's like, oh, but there's a a rare deviant skin for (laughs) this character that I don't even main, that I only play maybe once every other Tuesday. But I've got to get it because (laughs) I need the collection. So, yeah, trust me, Johnny's right there with you on that struggle bus. Yeah, because it's like you you only have a set amount of time, and then if you don't get it, you can never get it again. And I need it. <laughs> See, that's why I think smart. And what I also think yeah. smart is they don't sell in the store. It's not like you can go in the store and say, okay, I'm going to pay $10 for the the witch skin for Mercy. Like, you can't do that. You can only get it through these boxes, well, and they're completely randomized. That's why it's like a loot drop If you for those that play like RPGs. It's, it's like you know, you're grinding, and you're going through and leveling up. And then it's just like a luck of the draw with your loot box. Or, or as I call it, the Vegas slots model, <laughs> which is basically just keep putting money in and pulling the crank and yeah. hoping that something's going to pop out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, Overwatch, you know, you know, Blizzard's done a really good job of, you know, they have their own, you know, I guess they're, they're it's called like the Battle Network or whatever, their own little personal server that they do everything with and like i've i've played hearthstone like i've i've played a lot of their games and the only thing i never really got to play uh, i never got into the the camp of uh world of warcraft actually so like i never did you ever play that no um overwatch is actually one of the first blizzard games that i have played so i never got to play hearthstone never got to play world of warcraft But, but i think before overwatch i played league but they got so mean on league and so then it was just me being like really sad all the time because everyone on League was so mean. Oh wow! I mean, we have friends that play League of Legends. Yeah, it's like John and Lonnie play it all the time. Yeah. You so. like make one mistake and like you're out. Oh yeah. wow! You're done. You're done you're to me. Done. You're straight dunion rings. <laughs> dunion rings, absolutely. Uh, it's for me. It's it's when I, when it comes to games, I I, I never really had a, a good enough PC to uh, really play. But the nice thing about Steam is it it does do the auto settings for you and and it, it helps you go you know go through that. Uh, do you play a lot of Steam as well? I do. Um, I actually just got Steam last year. Um, before that, I played a lot of like MMRPGs, which were just on my computer. Mm-hmm. But then like I I got I got Steam to play Life is Strange. I think it was, which oh. is like a Telltale game. Yes. Those games are awesome. I think it's great too with what Telltale's done, you know, with taking these franchises, you know, like Walking Dead and, and Game of Thrones and they've really like made Guardians of the Galaxy Gar- they just dropped. They yep. And they've done like the Lego story, Lego movie one or whatever, and uh and it's it's cool to see kind of how they're taking these franchises and um, even some unknown franchises to like average gamers like uh The Wolf Among Us was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if 
that was fantastic. I never read the Fables comics, but man, that story was amazing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play that one, but I watched one of my friends play. And oh, and there was like this one, I I can't remember the name, but it was scary. And so I was streaming it like with people who follow me and they I would let them come in and like make my decisions for me. So like we would like all collaborate on like what choice we were going to make, but it was like a scary one. And so I'm like sitting under my covers, like as they're telling me to make all these bad decisions. <laughs> I remember being terrified. That's awesome. Do you do you Twitch often? Um, so I just set up my Twitch the other day. I do mostly creative, so like people can come in and like I'll show them how I'm making things. Like, um, That's awesome. I showed how I did some of my mercy armor. Um, I showed how I did like some of my wings, and they can come in and just kind of like hang out with me because I get really bored when I'm like crafting by myself. So it's so nice to like have them join in. Uh, plug your Twitch for the folks at home. So they can... Yeah, it's um, www.twitch.tv slash Reagan Catherine. Okay. And also, where else can they find you, like Facebook, your Patreon, all that stuff? Yeah, you can find me. Everything is backslash oh, – sorry. Everything is backslash Reagan Catherine. So it's patreon.com slash Reagan Catherine, facebook.com slash Reagan Catherine, and then my Instagram is at Reagan Catherine. Awesome. Oh, and plug your agent real quick because we need to give her a shout-out for sure. Yeah, Linda. She's the best. Yeah, Linda, Linda is awesome, and I want to give her a shout-out, at least from us, because she's my friend on Facebook, and then she saw that, like – We've been having, like, cosplay play Palooza on Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce. Like, we love us some cosplayers. So, like, I've been having a ton of them. And then she hit me up, and she was like, hey, you know, I've got a cosplayer. Would you interview her? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, we'll interview anybody pretty much. So, and she was just really cool, set everything up. So, big shout-out to Linda. Uh, she's, no, she's awesome. she's so great. Yeah. Like, she's absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. we text all the time, like, just about, like, nothing. Yeah. And, like, even when she's, like, I think she was having surgery and was, like, still texting me. And I was, like, no, go take care of yourself. Like, go do things. Because yeah. I think we're going to probably next maybe have Big Tim on yeah. uh, because that's one of her clients also. So, hopefully, we'll have more guests from her. And uh, we're looking forward to that. But I wanted to give her a plug, too, because yeah. she really set all this up. She was really cool and yeah. really easy to talk to, and she was really awesome. Made it really her. easy on us because yeah. I'm, like, our agent guy. Like, I'm the one who has to normally, like, go out and find the cosplayers and, like, set everything up. So it's nice when I can – somebody's like, hey, do you want this person? And here's all the information. I'm like, yes, because my <laughs> life just got way easier because now I don't have to, like, chase them down. She's so great, too, because, like, for a while I was having a lot of problems, like, with my email. And so I remember, like, when you guys were emailing me and she's like, wait, you got to email them back. I'm like, I don't see it. I'm so sorry. That, that, so, that's like, probably me. Well, I'm the worst at Gmail. Gmail, like, the devil. <laughs> oh, it's it's all good, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like uh, that's what's so cool about, like, the way technology has improved so much with social media and all that. Like, you're able to connect to people all over the world. I mean, even, even with Instagram, just a hashtag. One hashtag. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, sorry. Say that again. So, like one one hashtag, and you can. Oh yeah. Yeah, like it changes everything, and it gets you out there to the world. Because it's funny, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day that like wanted to be a guest. And I'm like, you need to friend me on Facebook, and like Facebook instant messaging me, and they're like, well, I can text you. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just really easier if I could just Facebook instant message you because it's it's so easy, and then I've got everything there, like in a like in a line, like text wise. So like ninety. Five probably percent of our interviews I've set up through Facebook and Facebook and just a messenger because it just makes it way easier to kind of get the details out there. And then it's better for some people too because we've run into some guests that are really like closely guarded with their privacy and they're like they don't want yeah. anybody to have their cell phone number or anything. So they're like, 
I'm not giving you that. And I'm like, I don't need it. As long as you'll Facebook <laughs> friend me and I can, you know, instant message you and we can communicate that way. You know, we're groovy tunes. Like, I don't I don't need anything yeah, more Yeah, and I think it's cool, too, because some people, they, they use their, um, uh, you know, their – uh, business accounts and all that, and you can message them, yeah, yeah, yeah. them as well. That so. that's another thing too. We've yeah. had with a couple of cosplayers. Like I would email or not email. I would instant message them through their cosplay page, which made it so much easier because then I didn't need to know like their. I didn't have to like interact with their personal page at all, which made them happy. And then also like I don't need a cell phone number or anything. Usually we would grab that just for like when it got closer to the date, just in case. Like prime example, we got yours. It's five five five. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> give it out to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. But it just makes it easier. Case like you know, because then I text you like, hey, we're about ready to go, and it just makes it like super simple. But it makes yeah. our lives so much easier. And you know what also makes our lives a lot easier is when our bills get paid. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we're gonna be back with more of the happy hour, Johnny and Deuce. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color. Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing, they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sent you. And we're back with Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny. I got my main man, Deuce. What's up, man? And we have the awesome, talented Reagan Catherine on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And yeah. nice. <laughs> we're happy to have you on. And I have to—I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because uh, people at home are not seeing the video; they're only seeing, they're only hearing the audio. But you're wearing a Jurassic. I can't tell if it's a Jurassic World or Jurassic. Uh, oh wow! wow. So okay, it's Japanese. <laughs> so that's really yeah. cool. I didn't know it was like it, it got the kanji and all that stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's really really cool. So did you? Are you like a fan? Like obviously you have a shirt, but are, like did you like? How long have you been watching Jurassic Park and stuff like that? All right, so this is going to get into a completely new thing. But, okay, okay. so I grew up in Louisiana yep. where um, we were part of this, like, super crazy, like, culty thing. And so I actually wasn't allowed to watch or read a whole bunch of comic books or um, TV shows or things like that. And so a lot of the things that I'm doing and learning are, like, still very new to me, like, within the past two years. And so um, one of my friends, I was at a convention, and I get, like, really nervous when people come up and say hi because I'm always like, they're like, oh, my gosh, we follow you. And I'm like really why and so it's so humbling and I'm I get really nervous and so I did this thing where I would put my hands up by my face like this and all of my, my friends would be like why are you dinosaur posing like why why are you doing like she's that? straight up t-rexing yeah I just yeah. Into, like this t-rex pose 
and like I can't help it because I'm just like oh, so humbled and overwhelmed and so all it became like a running joke that like I was just like a raptor and so I like all of my friends like they would like send me copies of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World yeah. and so I watched them and I like, fell in love and they're so amazing and I was just like there's dinosaurs and this is great and I have a whole park that's about me that's awesome so, it was really great so see that's something cool the fans probably didn't know a lot about you like you have that little inside history there the fans it's a little that. like easter egg it's a little like easter a little, egg little if you will deep cut if you will yeah there. yeah so that's really cool uh i actually really like i i really enjoyed the uh jurassic park uh and, and and jurassic world had some cool moments as well uh but i wanted to ask you because we usually ask people about comic books and we uh there's a you know you have the new spider-man movie coming out you've got you know you got uh Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, of Galaxy coming out. out. And you've got uh, Justice League. Are you into any of the comic book movies, or is that something that you're into, or you like? Or I love all the comic book movies. I think that the Avengers are like the best movies that have come out. Like I actually saw Avengers at my prom instead of going to prom. Oh wow, that's commitment. <laughs> that, that's a good life choice, I yeah. would say yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, good good life choice. <laughs> like it was hilarious, and I loved it, and I just am a huge fan. Um, I think I really like um, the X-Men comics. I just recently started reading those, and I love Rogue yeah. because I just connect with her. She's like this cute little southern like yeah. girl, and she's so sweet, and I just loved her. And so, but at first, I, I cosplayed Miss Marvel, and then they were like, oh, like people kept like mentioning Rogue, and they are like, you gotta, like, you, all your powers got stolen. And so then I read all of Rogues, and I was like, this is the best thing. And I hated her in the movies, though. Yeah, really they did her. not do a good job. True they Blood Girl did not do good. It was terrible. I felt so sad. I was like, no, you guys ruined her. She was wonderful. Yeah, it's interesting because Rogue, the the character of Rogue, like what she ha what she's gone through, you know, growing up and and just I think what's so fascinating about her is like that you lose your your sense of sense of uh connection with people because there's obviously a uh, an emotional connection you have with people and you also even just giving somebody somebody a hug, you know, like that not being able to do that unless you have gloves on or making sure you don't touch the skin and all that. And like, it makes you put up a wall. Like you self guard yourself a lot. And, and there's people out there that like, you know, they already have a, a wall they put up anyways, but imagine if you're a rogue and you can't even like touch somebody like that's, that would make me walk on eggshells around everybody. I'd be stressed out all the time. I would live in my house. <laughs> I would just, like, I could, I wouldn't ever leave and it would be really sad because I like to leave my house. But I can't even imagine. Like, I can't, like, I think of it, like, when I'm at conventions, like, I hug and, like, you're, like, you high five and you give hugs and, like, you're talking to everyone. And, like, to have to be so worried and self-conscious about that all the time would be really hard. Yeah. And also, it's interesting, too, because, like, once you do touch somebody, you drain their life force. So not only do you, like, you gain their abilities or whatever, which is cool, but, like, you feel horrible because you literally like almost killed somebody because you touched them. Like I know, poor Miss Marvel, man. <laughs> it's insane. Like just to think <laughs> about like that character and, and, and like who you know how she is from her own psyche, and let alone how she works with other people. And it's always good. I always felt like you know when I was reading the comics, she was always like the 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 kid that came in, and you were like, oh, when she walks into a meeting, everyone's kind of like. All right, you can sit over there, you know. Like, yeah, hi. Yeah. I know I just really want them to put her back in the movies, but like really good. Like yeah. do her justice. Well, She's so great. She was I think she was really really young uh in the in the comic book movies and and or yeah, and I felt like she should have been older, you know what I mean? Cuz I, yeah. I I I the first 
interaction I had with X Men was the movies, mm-hmm. and so I always thought I was like, I don't, I don't like X Men. Right. And then I read the comics, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. This is amazing. And I think it's really cool to like also see how um, like superhero movies has have evolved, because yeah. like a bunch of the ones before they really weren't that spectacular. Yeah. And then now we're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Yeah. It's it, well, that was like the you know, because obviously you go back in time and you have the Superman movie and you have like all these different you know movies that came out, but like it really was like the X Men comic book movies that kind of like changed the face of what you know comics were and um. You know, it saved comics ass because it really did. Yeah, the, the thing was yeah. is if if you if we if we roll back the time machine like late nineties, early two thousands when we were in high school, the reason we got these movies is Marvel was selling off everything that wasn't bolted down mm-hmm. to make money to keep the doors open because like the sales were in the toilet late nineties. So that's why like Sony got, and that's the reason why we have all the problems now. They got Spider Man, and then you know X Men and Fantastic Four went to Fox, and then you know. Uh, I think Universal got uh, Hulk, so that's the reason why it took so long with like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they had to get some of these properties back, and that's why things are becoming so interesting. But you know, uh, it, it was because of those movies that you know comic books again became popular and kind of saved Marvel, if you will, those movies. But I think it's interesting that you mentioned X Men because we just got announced this week we're getting three X Men movies next year in 2018. We're getting Deadpool 2, we're getting New Mutants, and we're getting X-Men Phoenix Rising. So, like, yeah. that's going to be a lot of damn X-Men for one year. So, I'm either I think it's going to be really, really good, or they're or- really going to shit the bed. Like, I don't I'm think there's a middle. Like, yeah. I'm going to pray for really good. Yeah. Uh, we love it. We're, like, we're actually, like, working on a big X-Men group right now, like, right. me and some of my friends, and so, like, we want to do, like, the Phoenix Force, and, like, so Emma Frost, and, like, Rogue, of course, and, like, we're really excited, because, like, all of my friends are just huge nerds, and we just sit around and, like, read comic books and make costumes. <laughs> well, I've just got a feeling that they're going to have to bring Rogue back if they're doing the Phoenix movie. Like, I mean, they you're going to have to have her, so. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, because, like, you, you look at, like, something like a Deadpool, which was not your typical comic book movie. It was, so good. It, it, you know, it's more adult language and adult-oriented and all that. And then they went, and Marvel decided to go ahead and and do the, the uh, Logan or the Wolverine movie. Yeah, Logan. Logan, and they made that a really, you know, uh, harder movie. Dark. Yeah, really dark, and the language, you know, they didn't hold back any of that stuff. And, like, it's I wonder, like, how if that if that ends up div- dividing fans or not. Like, you know, because I was I had a long conversation with friends about this, where you start off a franchise that's PG or PG thirteen, and then all of a sudden you are like, did that turn some fans away? Because you think about it, like, if 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 your audience is if you're catering to all types of audiences, you know, like the the original X Men movies were PG, I think, if not mistaken, and yeah. uh, now you go R, like, how many people couldn't see that last movie? You know, or go with, obviously you can go with your parents or whatever, but like how many people were like, oh, well, you know, you can't see it because it's R rated, you know, and, and if that affected any of their box office sales or not. I thought that was a really crazy point with um, Deadpool. So when Deadpool came out, like it was an R rated movie and it was definitely an R rated movie. It was a movie. hard R, yeah. Like hard R, hard R. Like it was not just like one that just kind of got thrown in there, but just to see like, how many parents would just not pay attention to the ratings and just take their like young kids to see Deadpool. And we were all like, 
no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, oh gosh. But, um, I think a lot of it too is like some people they're, they're younger when they watch the older like Wolverine movies and they're growing with the series. Yeah. And so like, so they, they now can see it like this R rated movie and a lot of people just grow with it. That's yeah. a good point. Cause it's, the the first X movie came out in two thousand, so that's we were we were in high school years. when it came that's out. That's like seventeen so, yeah. years ago. So that's yeah. actually a really good point. I didn't even really think even about that. Even if you that. were one, you could still see it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's true. That, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Growing with the franchise. Now, and, if you grow with the franchise, that happens. But I'll, I'll use a personal example. One of the girls in my office has a son, and he's like six, seven, and he's seen <laughs> like all the other X Men movies. But his mom won't let him see Deadpool or Logan because a she's a good fucking mother, and <laughs> two. <laughs> Uh, she's just like, no, like maybe, you know, a few years from now when you're older, I'll let you see him. But right now you're just, you're too young to handle all this. And so like, I can see that if you're like a younger, cause think about it. If you're a kid nowadays, like everything's on Netflix and Hulu and stuff. So it's like, you can watch all the old movies and get caught up, but you didn't grow up with a franchise. So you're not old enough to, you know, watch the Deadpool's and Logan. So there, there is that too, but I think... I think the older audience far outweighs the younger audience because yeah. I really think we're going to see with Deadpool 2 and especially New Mutants, which from what I hear is probably going to be rated R as well. I th- At least on Fox's end, they're going more the R-rated route because they're like, look, the people that like these movies that spend the money are adults. And it's like, yeah, there are some kids, but like majority is adults. And I'll be honest with you. The last few, you know, Avengers movies and like Marvel cinematic movies I've seen, seventy-five percent of the audience is over the age eighteen, right? And <laughs> probably a good sixty to seventy percent of the audience is over the age of twenty-five. So you know, there are adults that grew up with this stuff are the ones that are going and seeing, you know, the Avengers and Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and all that. So I don't think because they changed the the age to get into the movie, are they going to change your box office growths? I think they're still going to get just as much money. Oh, yeah. I mean, also, like, we're the people who... I'm I'm the one, like, going out and buying all of the, the memorabilia and, like, their stuff. Yeah, and the swag. And, yeah, and they're making money off that stuff, too. So, I mean, they've got to know that because, I mean, think about it. Comic book stores and stuff like that. Most of the people I know that go to comic book stores are in their late 20s and 30s because they're the ones that have the disposable income to be able to go and, you know, have a hold box with, like, 12 different comics in it a month, you know, because they're the ones that have got the extra money. Little kids don't have extra money for that stuff. So, you know. Um, I think it's interesting because, like, the comic book movies themselves – uh, I think I need to use a new word. I use that. It's interesting a lot. I don't yeah. know why. This is like my favorite word. Uh, but I, I think it's fascinating. Here you go. That comic book movies got people into comics. And it's proven fact. Like people yeah. who never read comics before, they watch these movies and they fall in love with these characters. And they want to. It's great cross promotion, by the way. And like they are able to go in and be like, I'm going to pick up comics for the first time because I love these characters in the movie. And I think that's something that is. Like I think that was an intentional effect that they wanted, but I don't think they realized how big of a thing it happened. Because I mean, now people are reading comics that never read them before. Yeah, no, I think um, like my dad, he he watched Star Wars, he watched Star Trek, he loved like Logan's Run and Quantum Leap, things like that when he was growing up. But he never read comics, and I remember so like my dad never read comics, my mom never did, and so like we, I was never really exposed to them up until 
um, I grew up and my friends liked them. And I was like, this is amazing. And I remember talking to my dad about it a little while ago. And I was like, try, I think I was telling him about the killing joke with um, Batgirl because she's my favorite, like, ever. I love her. And so, and like the Joker. And he was like, I never, I didn't know these. Like, I didn't know these characters until the movies came out. Like, the first time that he watched Avengers was, like, the first time that he was really introduced to Iron Man and Captain America and all of these. Like, now my my dad is a big geek, and he loves them now. But it's, like, it's really cool because – and if you think about it, there's so many comic book characters that are out there. Like, I could never name them all. And and there's also, like, there's so many different, like, stories for each ones and arcs. Like, Loki, like, there's Lady Loki, there's Kid Loki, there's Normal Loki. There's many different ones that, like, you would never – be able to like know all of it about it and like these movies kind of bring it in and bring people who wouldn't have ever done it like you said into the geek fold yeah yeah and i think that's cool too because you know iron man's been around since the 60s so like yeah i I think that's cool that like anyone can get into these movies and i feel like they're uh they make them well enough that you know you could be a comic book fan or just an average moviegoer that just wants an awesome entertaining movie you can go in and you get something it's something for everybody i think that's yeah so great about those films and how inclusive they are yeah i agree and also it's it's funny how deuce said earlier about guardians of the galaxy that was a real like that was a a wild card that was a wild card i knew it was gonna be okay because my boy chris pratt was in it and he's amazing like who doesn't love chris pratt i mean if you don't like chris pratt you have no soul like there's something wrong with you any chris like chris pine oh my god when they said that he was gonna play captain kirk in star trek i lost my mind yeah. I lost my mind. Well, it's, I was so excited. It's so cool because, like, that movie did exceedingly well, like, even better than they anticipated. And so, like, now you have this franchise that you, you never knew what was going to happen because even let, – let's be honest. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, even with comic book fans, like, I've been reading comics forever, and I never read Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, like, I'm a huge comic book fanboy, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand and be like – I like I knew the the basics. Like I knew who Rocket Raccoon was. I knew who Groot was. I knew who Star Wars Lord was. But like very, I'm talking very minute. Like Rocket Raccoon is a raccoon that shoots guns. Groot is a yeah. talking tree. Star Lord, you know, shoots guns and he flies around. Like I I knew like the basic three sentence like synopsis. Like I couldn't tell you any kind of backstory. And and this is an argument that I've had with Johnny too. I think because everybody went in with a clean slate, nobody was like, well, that's not Iron Man. That's not how Iron Man acts. Or that's not Batman. Batman doesn't do that. Like, you, nobody knew anything about him. I think it made it really easy for them to hit a home run because that nine times out of ten, the problem with comic book movies is people go on with all these preconceived notions and then they just ruin it for themselves. I'm like, just go in and have a good time, man. Just relax. Like, eat some popcorn. Have a soda. Like, enjoy the movie, bro. Like, quit, like, you know, don't be comic book nerd guy from The Simpsons and, like, belittle everything. Like, just just chill out, relax, and have a good time. And, and that's why I think it did so well. I always say I think that's that's a big problem with, like, DC Cinematic Universe, too, is, like, Superman and Batman. Like, those are big heroes. Like, everyone knows about Superman and Batman and the Joker and Wonder Woman, like, People grew up and they yeah. love these characters and when they think they go in to see these movies and they're not up to the expectation that they set for themselves, they don't like it. Like, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, I did not like Superman versus Batman. Like, I thought it could have been a lot better. But 
I still think that it wasn't as bad as a lot of people came in saying. Yeah. But that, that, I think you hit the nail on the head right there because prime example, we'll use my, my mother and father who are both in their 70s, and they know who Superman and Batman are. Like, yeah. they they know, like, you know, they know what their story is. Like, they even went and saw Man of Steel when it came out in theaters because, like, they know those characters. Or so man. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, they know those characters. So, like, it, you know, those are harder to hit because you really got to hit it in the line. It's like coloring in the lines. You really got to stay in the lines on those characters. You can't do anything outside the lines. But with the Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like, Nobody knows these people. You can do whatever you want. Like, you can have a talking, flipping tree, like, you know, oh, yeah. as a I main didn't, character. I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they could have completely changed some of the characters, and I would have had no clue. You would have had no clue. And nobody would have. Like, maybe 1% of the entire audience going into that movie knew really what was going on. Because so. it wasn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. books were flying off the shelves or anything no, like that. No, and to be honest, like, the Guardians, like, the crew that they used – if I remember correctly, had only been, like, the Guardians crew for maybe the past five years, comic book-wise. Like, the original, if you want to go in the way, way back, like, the Guardians, when they started, like, in the 70s, completely different group of people. I think Star-Lord may have been one of them, but, like, the rest of them, and, and Yondu was there, but, like, you know, and that's the same thing, Yondu. Like, Yondu finally has got his fin in this one. Like, he always had this giant, like, fin, so, like, I'm excited to see that. And Baby Groot, like... Who doesn't love Baby Groot? I mean, yeah. if you don't love Baby Groot, you have no soul. <laughs> you probably kick puppies. So it was the best part in the tra- like we watched the trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy two like four times just to keep seeing little angry Baby Groot. So cute. <laughs> oh, okay. So secret insider tip, uh, but it, the movie will probably come out, so it's probably not even going to matter. The Sinopolis by us, the special for Guardians of the Galaxy is a Baby Groot popcorn holder. So Aww. like you get the popcorn inside a Baby Groot. That's so, awesome. yeah, and a Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> cup. So, yeah. Trust me, I'm really mad because I'm I'm doing a convention recon that weekend, so I can't go opening night with my friends. So, that's how much I love you, Recon, that I'm missing Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. But, uh, like, they said they're only getting, like, 500 of them. So, I'm like, dude, by Monday when I get back, they're gone. Like, yeah. I will not get a baby Groot. I might I actually, uh, at Gordo Gringo on Twitter, I might have to, All like, right. send him with some money to get me you one. should, yeah. So that, maybe that's what I'll do to get yeah. my, my baby Groot. Yeah. I really want one for my desk yeah. is what I want, like a little baby Groot to put on my desk. Yeah. So. Uh, so I wanted to ask you because you know, we uh, we go to conventions a lot. How do people find out, like, do you post on your Instagram or your Facebook, like, when you're going to be at a place yeah, so I, I go to, if there's a, a convention in SoCal, I typically try to make those. So, like, I go to Anime Expo, I go to um, LA Comic Con, I will be, like, I went to Anime Impulse, um, and then, but if I'm going somewhere, like, that's out of state, like, I'll post that I'm going. So, like, I was just at C2E2 in Chicago last weekend, and, put like, posted that I was going to be there, and, like, was really fun because like I got to meet up with a whole bunch of people who followed me and like take pictures and say hi. Um, I went to like KatsuCon, which is in DC, which was really cold, and I planned the wrong costumes. And like I almost didn't bring a jacket, but I remember like posting me like, "Hey, I'm going to KatsuCon," and like one one of the people who followed me messaged me and they're like, "Hey, just so you know, it's really cold here. Bring a jacket." Like they just messaged me that, and I then brought a jacket. Like I would have froze. So it's like super cool and like so I I post on Instagram and I post on Facebook whenever I'm gonna go anywhere. Well, now I've got the only hard hitting question of the whole interview, and that is, 
how did you get to like the DC convention and the C2E2? Because that's a long way from California. So were like you sponsored? Did like a booth say, "Hey, we want you for this convention and send you out"? Like how how did all that work? Um, so I I have a Patreon, and so basically it's where I get. Um, anything that I do for cosplay comes from Patreon and comes from people who support me. And I, like, I'm so grateful to everyone on there. Like, they help me pick my costumes, like, and different things like that. So, like, everything that I make on there goes to um, attending conventions where I can see more people who follow me. And it goes to like making my costumes and like because fabric and like boning and things are really expensive. So. I'm very, very lucky to have such a big group of people who support me and, like, help me get to do all these amazing things and create these amazing costumes and go to these, like, fantastic places. Like, I never thought in my life that I would ever go to Chicago. And it was so cool, like, just being there and, like, seeing everything. And, like, I was really confused by all the, like, the turning doors that they had everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And But, like, so I, I get to do a bunch of things through um, all the people who support me. Well, that's awesome, and that and it's it's cool because you're giving back to the fans that you know are maybe they're not locally in California, but they're in Chicago or they're in you know uh, DC, and that's cool because people can go on their pa- your Patreon and support you for all over the world. But I like that yeah. w- what she just said. Like 100 percent of her money goes back to going and meeting the fans. She's like, I'm taking your Patreon money, I'm making costumes with it, but I'm also doing it so I can buy plane tickets to come to these events and stuff, even if I'm not like the feature cosplayer. Like I'll be at these events. Like I think it's really cool. She's not taking your Patreon money and paying her cable bill with it or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I've seen that side of the coin oh, yeah. too. Yeah. And I, I try and be very transparent about everything. So like, I'm always constantly posting like behind the scenes videos of different photo shoots I'm doing. Like I just put up a poll. So like people on my Patreon got to um, pick my next cosplay that I'm going to do. And like, I show them like, um, start to finish end of costume and like they get all special content and different things like that. So I try and be very transparent being like, Hey, thank you so much for supporting me. This is exactly what I'm doing. And like I post about my life and it's so nice because not only like, do I get to share everything is that they're super, um, like they respond to everything and they're very supportive and like, they just, they really like, I never feel bad about posting so much. Cause like on Instagram, I post once a day on Patreon. Like sometimes I'll post like five times a day. So I'm spamming nice. yeah. all the time. I'm like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But no, but that's cool because, like, that's what the Patreon people pay for. I think when it comes to Patreon, like, they're paying for that special access with you because, to, I mean, when you're – when you're paying for Patreon, you're, like, getting past a paywall. So once you get past that paywall, you want content. You're like, well, if I gave her $20 this month, like, I want all this special content just from her. So when you know that, like, hey, Instagram's getting one picture, but I'm getting five, and I'm right. getting all these, yeah. like, kind of behind yeah. the scenes, like, this is what's going on in my life. Like, I think that's what Patreon people need to do. Which, by, why the fuck are we not on Patreon? Like, we're a couple poros. Like, we can't know. go nowhere. We should probably so, do yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh... No- so great it's like such a good way to interact with people and like i have like so if you like pledge to my lowest tier like you get to see my whole feed i have like patreon exclusive snapchat that like and so like if you have um a lot of followers i'm sure you guys know like it's it's really hard to respond to every message that i get and i want to really badly and i try to but sometimes it'll take me a week or two weeks before i get around to messaging everyone back but like on patreon like i can respond immediately like i have snapchat i have um like my cell phone like they can text me or they can send me a snap and i can immediately respond which is super fun for me because my favorite part is getting to know all these different people who a lot of the time share the same interests as me that's always cool so it's just a whole new way of interacting with your fans and like fans oh, yeah. getting to know who you are and like 
they're growing with they're they're getting to like grow with you during this whole experience that you're they're having with the brand. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool, and I think that's one of the nice things about uh, Patreon is you you pretty much just pay what you can. You know what I mean? Like if you have oh, a certain yeah. tier, you know what I mean. You're not you could just go in and be like, I only have a dollar or whatever it is, five dollars, and you'd be like, there you go. Every little bit helps you. You know, and I think that's really neat. Oh, absolutely. Like it, like, and I know like people overhear that a lot. They like always say they're like every little bit helps, and they're like sure, like whatever, but like. I can buy a sheet of craft foam at the store for a dollar and like a sheet of craft foam can make like I made um, both of my hips for my mercy on one sheet of craft foam. That's and so awesome. like that's a dollar that I use to build like do a part of my costume. So like you really every little bit helps and I try and put as much content on for every single tier. Like I don't want anyone to feel left out because I'm so appreciative of anything because like I could never have imagined that anyone would ever want to be like, yeah, here's money every month because we support you and we want to help you do what you're doing. Like, that's crazy to me. <laughs> well, I tell you one thing. It's been an honor to talk to you. You you are very humble. You're very kind. You're very generous. And we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. It's already been an hour already. Time has flown by. Yeah, yeah. It's, easy, super so easy. Ray and <laughs> Catherine, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You guys are a blast. Well, thank you, and we'd love to have you on again. And tell all of our listeners out there, how can they find you? How can they find your Patreon? How can they find all the awesomeness, which is Reagan Catherine? <laughs> yeah, so my biggest two are Patreon and Instagram. And you can find me at Instagram at, at Reagan Catherine. And I spell it kind of weird, so it's R-E-A-G-A-N-K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And then on Patreon, it's just patreon.com slash Reagan Catherine. Awesome. awesome. How do people find us on the internet, dude? You can find us on the internet at HH Podcast Show. Also, you can send us emails to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Also, our good friend Mega Buck from Retro Game Treasure, we're going to make a trip, and I'm bringing your monkey ass along with me this time to the Retro Game Treasure compound. And we would love nothing more than to be able to take a big fat stack of your questions to ask him because there is no more of a retro game guru than the buck himself so you definitely want to get on in on that also you want to get in on us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast so you can hear all of our episodes we've got over 264 there's so much content in there you're gonna have so much fun so if you love this episode go back and check some of the others and of course when you're on the twitter machine there's not one there's not two but there are three hashtags Hashtag Happy, Happy Hour, Hour Podcast. Podcast. Hashtag HH, HH Podcast, Podcast Show. Show. And hashtag Deuces Deuce on, on the, the loose. loose. Later. Bye.